0: What's up, Joe? What's up, everybody? Today on Sports 360, we will be joined by Larry Williams, an NBA certified agent who is also a former basketball player and coach. Larry is joining us from Charlotte, North Carolina, as he is on hand for the 2019 NBA All-Star Weekend. Larry and I are going to talk a little Harden, a little Westbrook, a little LeBron, and a whole lot more. So don't go anywhere. I'm coming right back with Larry Williams on Sports
1: 360.
0: Well, I am pleased to have with me today on Sports 360, Larry Williams. Larry is better known as l Dub. He's a former player, coach, and a current NBA certified agent. And Larry joins us today from the city of Charlotte, North Carolina, where he is on hand for the NBA All-Star Weekend. So, Larry, um, uh, thanks for taking some time out today to be with us on Sports 360. How are you?
1: I'm great. Thanks for having me today, Jeff. Thanks for having me.
0: Yeah, I, I'm excited to have you because, you know, I, I'm a big basketball fan, but I have never been to an all-star game. And so to get an opportunity to talk to you while you're on the ground there gives me an opportunity to, to sort of live through you a little bit on this afternoon. So I'm glad to have you on with us today. Um, and, and let me ask you this. I mean, because you've been around this game for a good minute. player, coach agent and, and i'm sure you've been to many all-star games. Um wh- what are some of the things, you know, just jumping into this a little bit. What are some of the things that you really enjoy about the NBA All-Star weekend cuz i know there's a lot going on uh down in Charlotte.
1: Well, one of the big things that i'm i'm always interested in is is talking to the young players and seeing what, you know, what their mindset is jumping from college or over, overseas basketball to come to the NBA. And just, you know, because we never get a real feel for what those kids really do and who they really are, but just talking to them and seeing, you know, all the great things they're doing in the community, uh, those are the things that, that I, you know, totally enjoy because I, I, I'm just, I don't know, I'm just, I'm, I'm fond of youth, man, because you hear so many bad things about the youth of America today. And then when you talk to them, those, those guys are pretty sharp. So that's that's what I enjoy the most.
0: You know, that's an interesting comment you just made, because and I agree with you 100 uh, percent, because, you know, I, I have had the the blessing to be around young people in the context of teaching, you know, because I, I I teach and I taught at the law school level and things of that, of that sort. Um, and you're right that many times there are, you know, there's this negative perception about today's youth, but I think that's overblown and, in fact, just inaccurate. I think there are a lot of young people doing a lot of good things. So it's interesting to hear you say that. Um, And, you know, from my standpoint, I look at the NBA and NBA players, and I think that the NBA should be proud of where their players are. You know, a lot of these young guys, they got their heads in the right place. They do things in the community and business and elsewhere. And I think they really are good examples for younger people who are coming up behind them.
1: Correct. Correct,
0: they are. Yeah. Uh, So what about some of the things? I mean, I know when I watch the NBA, like tonight, I don't know, is I guess the skills challenge maybe tonight, is that tomorrow? Maybe the uh, Rising Stars is tonight, skill challenge, and the three-point contest tomorrow. Those are the the things I typically, you know, check in and watch. Um, But I'm sure there's a lot of other things going on on the ground there can you give us an idea of some of the other events that maybe a lot of people may not know about
1: like today at five o'clock today something you never really hear they'll talk about the, you know the hall of fame announcements you know people that they're looking to put in the hall of fame that'll that'll go on actually it's on nba tv so you know you'll you'll kind of get to see who's being inducted into the hall of fame they also have what, what you call the you the, already well, got the nba all-star celebrity game tonight you know, that's where the celebrities and the NBA players, uh, ex-NBA players play. And, uh, that's on ESPN at seven o'clock. That, those are the other things besides the media day that you get. You know, you get the media sessions for the young kids and everything today. And then it kind of tips over into tomorrow. We do it again with the media day. And then you have, uh, you know, the teams, the NBA all-star teams actually have their media. And then you can have lunch with the, you know, the legends tomorrow I know it's gonna be uh they're gonna have uh Iceman and uh Dominique Wilkins over there at eleven o'clock. So, you know, it's just all those little small things, you know, you get to meet the, the uh commissioner and the old players that played the game, uh just people behind the scenes. Those are the things that go on that a lot of people just don't know about and they have their own little, you know, events or symposium for those things.
0: Mm-hmm. And, you know, it's one of the things I I, I enjoy about all-star games generally and uh, is that seeing the collection of players, both current and former in one place. It's really impressive, right, to see, for example, all of the current stars. But then, you know, Bill Russell and you you mentioned Iceman. There's going to be some young people maybe who are listening and don't understand. That's George Gervin. You know what I mean? Dominique Wilkins. And some yeah. of these others, who are just really some of the best players to ever play this game, all in one place. That's the thing to me that is so impressive about the All-Star weekend, one of the things all right, and
1: being that this is, this is the 68th NBA All-Star game. you know, for 68 years, they've had all-Star games, and always there's a wealth of knowledge that you can get. You know, we, we talk about kids, now they they dress and you look at some of the clothes they wear and we'll as older people will go man that that looks outdated but there was a time probably somewhere in our era where that was a fashion too it just came back into style you know everything just goes around and that's the way basketball is you know guys you know they're doing things now you know they didn't probably know about the players of 20 25 years ago but I mean, those guys were doing some of the same things guys are doing right now. Everyone was uh, like, whoa, he's breaking records. He's doing this. And now here these kids are taking it to another level. So, you know, they get to find out information like that at this event, you know, dealing with the older guys that uh, have uh, been trailblazing with this game.
0: Yeah. And, you know, on that point, you know, and talking about some of the current players and some of the things that they're doing, because look, the All-Star game is tip is is viewed as the halfway point of the season even mm-hmm. though it's more than the halfway point um uh, you know we're past that really in terms of number of games. But when you look at some of the performances, right? You know, James Harden has been doing some things that you know, we we are hearing Wilt Chamberlain's name mentioned a lot these days, right? Because, you know, these this string of 30-point games only Wilt has more than James Harden. You know, I think he currently is at 31 or 32 or, you know, a couple of years ago when Russell Westbrook averaged a triple double, we heard a lot about Oscar Robertson, right? Because right. It, it was harkening back to those, you know, to those days. And so, yeah, when we see players doing certain things right now, um, it, it does harken back to some of the greats from the past. Um but speaking of Harden, what are your thoughts on James Harden and this streak that he's on right now? It's um, how, how do you view that?
1: Hey, uh, again, it's incredible, man. You're talking about 30, 31 consecutive, consecutive now. It's not just 31 games, consecutive games of 30 points or more. When, you know, you're talking about teams coming with a strategy of taking the ball out of this guy's hand and he still can score 31 points. I don't think there's anyone on earth that that questions his offensive ability to score a basketball. The guy is, is, is in a class by itself almost right now with the consistency that he scores points, you know? So again, just based on what I think about the streak that he's on, I think it's incredible.
0: Well, what about this though? Is, 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 is it a winning formula, you think, as we head toward the postseason?
1: And I mean, again, winning games is one thing; winning championships is totally something different. You know, there's an adage in any sport you play, and, and it holds true to almost to everything I can remember. Is that offense wins games, defense wins championships? That's I guess, what I'd say. You know. The Rockets, their system, it, it just lacks the size. It lacks the personnel to play the defense at a level to win a championship. That's just my opinion. And like mm. you know, I said, I am a Houstonian. So, do I love the Rockets? Yeah. I mean, I, I grew up watching Calvin and, and Murphy, I mean, Murphy and Newland and all those guys, you know, play. And, you know, so definitely, I'm, I'm you know, I'm born and raised Texan. So, Definitely, I uh, want them to, but I, I kind of see it a hard task to to achieve, you know, with the personnel. Mm.
0: Sure. Now you mentioned defense wins championships, and I want to touch on that for for a minute because the NBA now some will say, you know, there's not a lot of defense being played in the NBA. You know, I I saw a couple of games this in the past week where the winning team scored over 140 points. And that's routine, right, where we're seeing teams scoring 120, 115 points. And it's great. The game is free-flowing, right? It's not bogged down, Uh, a lot of three-point shots and and, and all the rest of that. But how much defense, in your opinion, is actually being played in the NBA these days?
1: Well, actually, it's kind of hard to play defense in the NBA today because everything is a foul. You know, the guy – comes at you and you you, you defend and you try to break his pattern to get to the goal. That's a foul. You put your hands on the guy. foul. You actually hit the ball first and then hit him with your body. Most of the time that's still going to be called a foul when, you know, again, back in the old days, uh, or should I say, not even older days, a few few years ago where, you know, they invented the Michael Jordan rule. Speaking of, you know, since we're in uh, Charlotte right now, Michael Jordan, uh, you know, Michael Jordan would go to the whole, Dennis Rodman was hitting, you know, uh, Lamb Bill would knock him out there, and, and it wouldn't be any fouls. You'll see Isaiah going back up the court with Detroit. You know, they're going back up the court. You guys see that now and go, oh, it's a foul, it's a foul. Everything now is a foul. So, but the only difference is by championship is when you get to the finals, you have the best officials out there, you have the best players out there and the best team, so they kind of let them play a little bit more. So therefore, if a guy do the you know decides he's going to play defense, if he does decide he's going to play defense, it's it's overlooked a little bit more in the finals, you know, or in the playoffs because hey, let's let them let's let them decide it on the court. You know, the referees kind of stuck their whistles in a little bit more during the playoff time. So mm-hmm. still, it goes back to that adage. I think the defense will determine you know the outcome of the game.
0: Sure. Okay. Now, I I was watching um, something on ESPN the other day, and the question was posed to uh, Paul Pierce and to Chauncey Billups, and that was, which is more impressive right now, Harden's streak of 30-point games or Russell Westbrook's streak of of consecutive triple-doubles? In your opinion, which one of those streaks is more impressive?
1: As a player, you would have to say what Russell Westbrook's because he's accomplishing so many things. Not only on the offensive end, I mean, this guy can score, I and mean, he can score fifty, sixty points if he choose to, easily. But he's, you know, focusing on the entire game. You know, like how do I control the game on the defensive end, offensive end, and the flow of the game, and that the flow that goes into the assist. You know, the the, the rebounding and 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 just steals and stuff goes into his defense and then like the scoring goes into his offense he's accomplishing he's checking off all the boxes uh and again if he chose to be just you know more where the ball stayed in his hand for 15 seconds you know each each possession, he probably would have you know 31 consecutive games of 30 points or more i mean he's not lacking anything not taking anything away from james but out of out of the two, I, I would say Westbrook is more, it's more impressive.
0: Mm-hmm. And, you know, Westbrook has a teammate who's playing pretty well too, right? A guy by the name of Paul George, right? I mean, he's really been balling out there this, this year. Um, and always been a talented player, always been a two-way player, but it seems as if he is really taking his game to another level, right? I mean, he really gets after it on the defensive end, And he can put the ball in the hole a little bit too, you know what I mean? So um, first of all, I didn't even think Paul George was going to stay with OKC, right? Because (laughs) the rumors were he was going to go to L.A. That was his plan after getting out of Indiana. So it's interesting, first of all, that he's there. But second of all, to see how well he's playing and how well, you know, Russell is playing. And then you got the big guy in the middle, Steven Adams. Um, And OKC seems like a team to be reckoned with. What do you think?
1: I know they do. And, uh, again, those those three guys you just mentioned, Stephen Adam, Paul George, and, and Westbrook, Westbrook said it the other day, we are the best three friends we know, and believe me, in playing sports and, you know, you play baseball so you know if you get 53 guys or 56 guys to all become friends and they care about each other, it's just hard to beat that because I got your back whenever you're not feeling good. And that's what they've been doing. And speaking of you, t- talked about Paul George earlier. You know, over the last four games, this guy had 27 against the Grizzlies, 45 against the Rockets, 47 against the Trailblazers, and 20, uh, 28 last night against the Pelicans in a losing effort. But, I mean, this guy's averaging 28 points a game alongside another guy, you know, Westbrook, who's who's still scoring at that at pace. And they've been so consistent, it's just hard to beat them because, like I said, Stephen Adams is doing everything he's supposed to do on the board defensively. Paul George plays defense, rebounds, and scores. And, and Westbrook does the same. So you got three guys that touch on what you just said. They all play defense, they all rebound, and they all can score. Hmm. I mean, that, that's a hard combination with one ball. If you can get three guys that can do that, you you got a good team
0: hmm. The point you made about friendship or, you know, and being close as teammates, you know, it, it prompted something in my mind that I wasn't previously thinking about is the 76ers. Very intriguing team. Right. You know, a lot of young talent with Embiid and, and, and Ben Simmons and Redick is shooting the lights out uh, of the ball. Um, but, you know, this year they acquired Jimmy Butler. And then more recently, Tobias Harris. Right. And so some are saying they have the best starting five other than the Warriors uh, in the game. And that may be true, but you do have some new pieces added to the mix. So picking up on your point of, you know, the Thunder being close, you know, as friends and just being close generally and how that can lead to success on the court. How do you feel the newness of the Sixers with some of their pieces? How much of a challenge is that going to be perhaps for them as they go toward the postseason?
1: Well, just just taking the personality of Tobias Harris, everywhere this kid has gone and, you know, uh, where he's played, everyone's loves him. I mean, he, he's that kind of a guy. And, and, I mean, I've seen Jimmy play pickup ball at St. Thomas in Houston against, you know, my son and other young kids in college. Jimmy is, is, believe it or not, he teaches kids a lot of stuff. I mean, he, he while he's playing out there, he's teaching kids. He, he's actually letting them know, you know, you can be this, you can be that. You have to give a little bit more here, and, and that's what it, that's what I think he brought to Philadelphia, and they invent, you know, they embraced it. And so far, you know, the, the word on the street is that they embraced it, and, and they love him because they know they can go to him in crunch time. And he didn't come there trying to disrupt. What they already had, he just tried to fit in, and because they're doing that, I don't think it's going to be as hard of a challenge as it would be if it was somebody that came there with different personalities than those two have. You know, you know, they're not loud guys. They're not, you know, it's got to be about me type guys. And don't get me wrong, Jimmy wants to win, and that was his problem in Minnesota. He thought those guys wasn't putting in the effort to win, and 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 being from old school. I can vouch for that. You know, being a point guard and you want to lead the team, you're going to get on people that you don't think is putting in everything they're supposed to get. And that's part of the game. But, but kids nowadays, not all of them have tough skin. So, you know, how they say you got to approach them delicately. you got to say, you know, politically correct stuff. No, the game is too fast to say something. It's no nice way to say you need to hustle your butt up. It's just not a nice <laughs> way to say you, know, you can try it all you want to.
0: Yeah, So sometimes you, you need that kick in the butt, right? I mean, it's just the way it is.
1: And it, some of these kids have been pampered, man, through AAU, through their college coaches, you know, the one and done, and some of them, I'm saying some. Some Some have been through the, the tough road. but but some have been pampered, and when you, when you talk to them that way, they don't respond well. They close, you know, they shut down. And there lies the problem in
0: the NBA. Sure. Now, on that point, right, um, on the sensitivities that maybe some some young players may have, what are your thoughts on the whole L.A. Lakers, Anthony Davis saga? You know, the, the Lakers, you know, Widely publicized. right? They were trying to acquire Davis in a trade before the trade deadline. And along the way, many of their young players were, you know, you know, part of the trade rumors, of, you know, a, a part of a package to bring Davis to L.A. Um, how do you think those young players um how difficult do you think it is for some of the young players to deal with that? Because it is the business side of the game, but, you know, you're talking about 21, 22, 23-year-olds who are constantly hearing their names uh, being part of trade rumors and maybe feeling that the team doesn't want them. Um, how do you see that playing out for the Lakers?
1: Well, uh, again, it, I got a lot of, you know, it's because it's different players and and, and you know, on the Lakers team that we're talking about. You're talking about Kuzma, the young guy. You're talking about uh Ball, the young guy, you're talking about uh what's his name? Uh uh I'm lost for words now. Ingram. Anyway, you Ingram, yeah, you're talking about a lot of young guys. You're talking about guys who again, uh, you know, we, we look at it in basketball term and business term, but i go a step further, you know, I go to in your home. In your home, your, your parents are, are the first line of defense to teach you that, hey, man, things don't always go the way you plan. You got to still stay the course. You got to fight. You got to understand sometimes life's going to throw you a curve and you're still going to have to be ready for it. And life itself throws that at you. You know, waking up one morning thinking you're supposed to go somewhere and you find out maybe someone in your family has, has been in a car accident or something, you know, serious car accident or something. And now you have to readjust yourself. You know, no, you're not prepared for it, but but you got to adjust and you got to do it because that's who you are. It has nothing to do with how old you are, how young you are, what you what where you live or whatever. It's just something you have to adjust to. So I think if parents would be more instead of worrying about their kids going to be one, worry about their kids being a great person and understanding that things are going to be hard sometimes, but you'll get through it. And if that was done for these kids. You know, I'm just going to use one person that comes to mind because he's back on TV now, Lavar. If he spent more time talking to, to his son about this business and how it's going to work and what you're going to have to do and you have to look forward, you know, you may be traded, son, you know, but guess what? You can pick yourself up and go. And don't always give off the You got to play here. You got to play there. Just let his son live life the way it's going to be lived, you know, on the outside or once you get out of basketball. You know, you don't get to tell what the weather is going to be like tomorrow. You don't get to say who's going to run into you if you're driving down the street. You don't get to choose those things. So I think if they've been brought up in that environment, which I think most of them have been, that their parents have uh, have guided them through things to get here, that that they understand it. But it's personable. You know, so if a guy going to take it personal that he's getting traded and don't understand that it's a business, it will affect them, and it it showed that it did affect some of the Lakers because they took it personal, like the Lakers don't want me no the Lakers are in a business trying to better their team with or without you. you know that's just what it is so my my take on it is hey whether whether they were briefed or not, they have to know it's a business, and you have to know no man is exempt. I mean, it, it could happen to anyone. Sure. And, and, and it has affected them, though. You know, you can tell by their play uh, that it's affected them. But uh, luckily, yeah. they got to fight LeBron. Luckily.
0: Yeah, because, you, you know, uh, the other day, LeBron was like, you know, we need to get away from the game and decompress a little bit, you know. Um, and certainly it has, it does appear to have had a negative effect on them. Um, what about. What about players demanding trade? You sort of alluded to that in your comments. Um, We've seen a lot of that um, in the NBA, probably more than any other sports, right? Anthony Davis, um, Jimmy Butler, Kawhi Leonard last year. Uh, and there's been others before them. Uh, what are your thoughts? I know you're an agent, so maybe it's almost predictable what you may say. But what, what are your thoughts on uh, players demanding trades?
1: I mean, again, I, I you know, it, it is hard. It, I mean, you know, you, you asking me now makes it a, a difficult question, period, not because of, of, of me being an agent, It's just the reality of it. It, it is difficult. I, I don't know what's best for you. I don't know what's best for your family. If you feel that's best for you and your family and the CBA, which is the Collective bargaining agreement, allows it to happen, then you're well within your right. If the Collective bargaining agreement doesn't allow it to happen, you know, if you don't have, which they do, the players have options, you know, not necessarily do they get to choose when they leave or where they go to, but they have the option sometimes to say, I, I, I want to be traded, and, you know, the GMs have to answer to that. Uh, don't want to talk about something you probably were going to talk about later, but just use Anthony Davis as we're speaking now. Dell Demps just got fired this morning.
0: hmm. Yeah, I, mean, I saw that.
1: So, 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 guess what? You know, the collective bargaining agreement has given power to the players. So, if they have the powers and they you, utilize their powers, who can be upset about it? You may not like it, but it's within their their, their, their means. And I don't know, you know why this gentleman wants to leave or why he I wants to stay, but that's that's up to him. You know, I don't get to make that call or you know, we don't get to make those calls. That that's strictly up to them. Now let's uh just pick someone, let's say Gerald Green for the Rockets. Let's say Gerald Green goes in and says, Hey I wanna be traded, you, you better be careful, Gerald, you know, <laughs> you don't carry the leverage. <laughs> and, and that's, that's all right. That's all it's about is leverage. Who has leverage? To have the leverage and I can do it and I choose to do it, that, that's within my right. And, and no one can be upset. They can, but, I mean, you know, that's that man's right. And, and you know, that, that goes to everything we stand for, you know, in this country. A person has a right to do what they're obligated to do. They have a right, as long as it doesn't, you know, hurt or harm anyone else.
0: Right. And, you know, on that point, you know, um, this week we saw, I believe it was this week, maybe it was last week where Harrison Barnes got traded from Dallas to Sacramento and the trade happened during the game and he was playing, but he was told before the game he might be traded from what I read anyway. And he wanted to play and after the game, LeBron, either on Instagram or somewhere on social media, just said, look, let's just call a spade a spade. Right. Because he w- I think he was responding to maybe some of the negative commentary directed toward players when they demand trades. And he said, right. meanwhile, he said, this man is being traded in the middle of the game. He said, and I'm not complaining. He said it's a business. right? Right. The team has a right to try to get better. But he's saying. But if players have the right to want to put themselves in a better situation by demanding a trade, then let's just be consistent with acknowledging that it's just business. And he says, so well, let's just call a spade a spade. So I thought that was an interesting uh, take from LeBron uh, on on the situation with Harrison Barnes and then intertwining it right with player demands for trades.
1: And, and 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 you have a very interesting point, and it shows how intelligent LeBron is. And do not think LeBron doesn't know just as much about the collective bargaining agreement as any attorney that's an agent in the NBA. LeBron has dissected it, found out how it can benefit me, just like they want to know how it benefits them. He wants to know how it benefits him, and he's done his homework. So he's not a guy that just goes out and says something. He goes out and says that after he's got information and, and, and true and positive, you know, information, then he'll say what he has to say. And, and he's absolutely right. You know, even though we're, we're doing this, we're in a partnership. So if I have to do something and I'm your partner, wouldn't you think you got to do it too? I mean, you would just think that. So that, that's, that's perfectly normal and correct of LeBron to, 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 to assume that.
0: Yeah. And I'm with you. I mean, I think LeBron, you know, his his basketball genius on the court. Um, I, I, I think he has a lot going off the court as well in terms of his understanding of how all these moving parts fit together the collective bargaining agreement, sponsorships, business, social media, the whole nine. Um, he he simply gets it. Um but speaking about LeBron, <laughs> if <laughs> the season ended today. LeBron James would not be in the playoffs. And that's something that the NBA hasn't seen in a long time. Um, I'm never going to count him out, right? They're, they're just a couple of games behind Sacramento, I think, but, um, yep. for that last spot. But um, the NBA playoffs without LeBron will be a different site um, for a lot of people. What are your thoughts on that if, if, if the Lakers fail to make the postseason and we have a postseason without LeBron?
1: I think LeBron came to LA already considering the fact that he may not make the playoffs in his first year with the young players and, and that he, you know, he would possibly take a hit. But like you said, now he's the guy I would never count out. So being that they're so close and, and, and like I said, right there in the spot for that last eight spot, I think they're three games behind, you know, still in that eight spot where the Clippers hold. So, I mean, he's a guy that I wouldn't bet against. Put it like that and, and you know i heard someone say something about lebron wasn't a, a clutch player and and i think the different man I, I mean i i something's wrong i know he like I said he doesn't have a aggression and the attitude and the mindset of a of a of a michael or or uh, uh kobe bryant but his play speaks for itself His 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 his, his record his history speaks for itself i mean <laughs> He has a way of willing himself stronger than a whole lot of people that I've ever seen that were great players. He he can will himself. So I think he came there knowing, you know, that it's a possibility, but he's not going to think that until the probabilities are all exhausted.
0: Mm-hmm. <laughs> I think yeah. he is. Yeah. You know, one good thing about the NBA, and I think they're so well positioned, um, for the future is that they have so many bona fide star players. And, you know, the word star is something like the word great is often overused and inappropriately used. Right. And so sometimes it loses its meaning. But I really do believe and, and, and when you look at the NBA and you look at some of the players and the young players, whether, you know, the Greek freak or, you know, we talk about Harden and Westbrook and, you know, Curry and all the rest. I mean, there, there are so many star players in the NBA. They do not lack for star power, that's for sure. And so if LeBron is not in the postseason, um. I think there's a there's sufficient star power in the NBA where it still will be an intriguing postseason for the league.
1: Correct. And I, I'm I'm in total agreement. It goes it goes against all the teams that they start off at a young age by ranking young kids. How if you haven't seen every young kid play, if you haven't seen every young kid play, how can you tell me who's the best, who's number one and who's number one hundred? How can you do that? Who is that person? Because I want to meet him. I mean, I, I'm serious. I, I take basketball like you take baseball. I mean, it is, like I, I was talking to my nephew the other day. He coaches here in North Carolina High School. And I, I told him, I said, man, it's the game. It has nothing to do with people who play. It's the game. I, I understand where basketball has taken me and, and afforded me to go. I have respect for it the game uh, and because of that that's why I'm I'm so passionate about it that's why I'm so into it and making sure it's played the right way and talked the right way uh, and, and and we go in this thing about who's the MVP I mean you're never gonna be right I mean whether you're mm-hmm. right or not it's not gonna be right so when they select the MVP just understand it's it's a group of people who have gotten together and they they decided to put uh, elements and components together, variables to say this is what we're looking for, and they put it through a computer and it comes out saying well because everything is statistically now you know so it comes out and they say well probability is this guy would be the MVP you know at this point and that's what it is so it doesn't necessarily it's not a knock and don't take it personal you know it's just that hey. The way they judge, they, they deem that person. You know, and we as as the the fans or the people who stand by, we sit there and go, oh, no, it should have been this guy. It should have been Well, that's a personal opinion because you're not looking at all the facts and, and not saying that you're not correct with who you choose. It's just that through the process in which they choose, this person won it, and we just have to deal with that. I mean, <laughs> that that it's sad but it's true you know and i don't i don't get it i, I don't even know you know what what you know i don't i don't, I don't that's a issue that i still you know can never go to sleep at night comfortable with because who's the number one person in the world
0: who is that right
1: person?
0: right i mean and we hear that now um even with this whole goat conversation, right? Tom Brady, he's the GOAT. Oh, no, it's Michael Jordan. He's the GOAT. And then I saw something on, uh, because, you know, both of them have six championships. And then I'm thinking, well, what about Bill Russell with his 11? And then I'm thinking, well, what about Kareem? I think he got like five or six and he won three NCAA championships. So, you know, so it does come down to a matter of opinion. And in some ways, it's a, I, I tend not to get into those conversations because it's fruitless right. to me. You know what right. I mean? Like we're not right. going to resolve anything. Uh, why don't we just say all of them are great players? How about that? Sure. Um, but the NBA certainly has a number of star players. Um, so even if LeBron doesn't make it, it doesn't matter if MVPs or if somebody's number one or number one hundred in the NBA. They have a lot of good players, a lot of great players, and um, and, and and so I think they're in good stead. Um, let me ask you this, more on a personal level, um, and I'm sure this is something of which you you, ha- you take a great deal of pride. As uh, someone who's been in the game for a long time, but your son is now in the game, right? Working for the Phoenix Suns, uh, Hakeem, right? I, I believe you said, right? And he's he's in the game, yeah, doing some things. And so why don't you tell us a little bit about that? Because you you, you dropped a little tidbit on me about um, some of the work he's done and, and at such a young age. But why don't you share a little bit uh, about that for us?
1: You know, you know, like I said, uh, I, I, I judge my friends on how well they love their family. And that's a true statement. Like I can have a friend and then I meet him and I see he's not, you know, in tone with his son or daughter he and his wife on that. It, 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 it ruffles my feathers and I kind of distance myself because that's family. And if they don't care about family, I definitely know when things are rough, they ain't going to care about me. So so I say that simply because, man, my idol, the idol I had growing up was my dad and my mom. Uh, then I had a principal, Mr. Baines. That was, you know, God is always in, in the mix with my life and my son's and them life. So God is always there. But it, on earth, it was my father, my mother, and Mr. Baines. Those were the people, and my pastor, Reverend J. M. they were the ones that guided us in life meaning us meaning i come from a family of 12. my son is my you know i forget says a young person that's your idol my son well both of my sons are my idols because i've seen what they've been through and i've seen the way they've handled it and it's 10 times better than i would have handled it at their age and i'm so impressed with them because of what you know their mother and i have seen them doing you know, taught them to do and asked them to do. And here this kid is. He had a choice to go overseas and play basketball in Argentina. He wasn't going to be making a whole lot of money. And we sit down and we discuss, you know, the opportunities of playing the game for approximately six, seven years, or he can get into coaching because there were some positions open. And we would buy to get him in those positions. And, man, this guy chose. He said, Dad, that makes all the sense in the world. I could coach till I'm 50, you know, for 50 years. I said, yeah, and you can make a whole lot of money doing it if you're good at it, which he is because he's the stickler for taking care of business, you know, on and off. And uh, he went and interviewed, and and Coach Egers told him, you know, he's the type of guy that they were looking for and gave him the position as a videographer, videographer, and he does player development uh, there with the team. And I'm telling you, you know, you're talking about a person who was a, a proud father not just because he's you know with the nba just the way he's handled his life and conducted himself you know for 20 he's 24 now but he was 23 when he got the position now he didn't know this but i i told him after he got positioned. that do you know who the youngest videographer ever was in the in the nba history it was it was a uh, eric spostrum the coach of the miami heat okay he, he was 25 when he took the position akeem took the position at 23 so Technically, he is the youngest videographer, NBA, you know, videographer in the history of the NBA. And, and I'd say it doesn't hit him now, but that is going to be one day he's going to be walking and he's going to think about that. And, you know, that that's just a record for someone else to break. Right. You know, but until then, you know, he gets to wear the dubious honors as <laughs> the youngest, you know, videographer in the NBA history. Sure. And, and, and that is something to be proud of. And I never let him forget it, you know, and I, I always let him know that, you know, hey, you man, you're destined for great stuff.
0: Mm-hmm. Uh, that, that's that, that's good stuff right there. And I'm happy for you and happy, happy for him as well. I know he uh, is with you right now uh, in Charlotte, and I think you have other family with you. So, you know, I hope you have just a great time. Um, this weekend at, 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 at the all-star game and all the festivities. But, but uh, Larry, listen, we're going to end right here, but I enjoyed this conversation. You got to come back and we have to talk more NBA because there's a whole lot, we just scratched on some things today um, yeah. and there's a lot to talk about. And, and the NBA always has intriguing storylines. And um, so definitely, you know, as your schedule allows, I would certainly like to have you back and we can, talk more nba basketball i would be, I'd be really uh excited to have you to have you join us
1: and i'm looking forward to doing it jeff if you call me I, i'll be there I, I guarantee you
0: okay all right well listen enjoy the weekend you know enjoy all the festivities you know i'm going to be watching you know on tv and if you know, if 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 you see a camera nearby, just put your face out there. Maybe I can say, <laughs> hey, I know that guy, right? <laughs> man,
1: ho- hopefully I get my interview today. Well, my son. Hopefully my son gets his interview today or tomorrow with Chris Haynes on Yahoo Sports. Okay. So if that, if that happens, I'll definitely make sure you get, you know, get a clip of it, man.
0: Okay. Look forward to it. And look forward to catching up with you uh, again real soon. So enjoy the weekend, and and um, we'll we'll catch up down the road.
1: Thanks for having me. I appreciate it, man. Enjoyed it. Have a great day. Thanks, Larry. Bye-bye.
0: That was a great conversation with Larry Williams on the NBA and on some of the more notable players and storylines of the current season. There's a lot more basketball ahead of us as we come out of the All-Star break, and we're looking forward to having Larry come back to share his unique insights on the game and on the players who make the game. Right now, though, my man Scully is about to take me on up out of here. And after he does, we're going to hit you with one of them old ones from Heat Wave. (laughs) Hope you enjoyed this episode, and I look forward to seeing you next time on Sports 360.